Welcome to the Talk and Chatter Experience, powered by Gasoline Alley Harley Davidson, Early Motorcycle Tires Australia, and TCX Boots. Listeners of the Talk and Chatter Experience have the chance to win one of two double passes to the World Superbike Championship at Phillip Island in November. To be in the running to win the double pass, you must follow the Talk and Chatter page, follow the Prilly Moto Oz page, and tag a friend in the comments below the post that we made on Friday about motorcycle tires. The winners will be randomly selected on October 30. My guest today is Kazirina Smith, a motorcycle enthusiast and a dangerous goods truck driver from South Australia. Kazirina is a longtime friend of the show and since our recording has started her own page, Trucking with CJ, that highlights her time in the transport industry. We hope that you enjoy the show. If you like our content, hit subscribe on our YouTube channel. Really hope you enjoy the show. Give us a rating and a review on iTunes and we'll be back with another one soon. Welcome Kazirina Smith. Thank you. How's things? Yeah, great. I'm having the best week. You are, <laughs> you've literally just been on the gas for a week. Uh-huh, literally. Drove up from South Australia. Uh-huh. Did Dust Hustle. Yep. Uh, rode your Harley. Yeah, a few times. Mountain bikes with us. Yeah. Dirt biking. A lot. <laughs> what a week. The dream. Yeah. Yeah. Who's Casarina Smith? Oh, just a normal chick, I guess. Um, just love riding bikes and surrounding myself with people that make me happy and just trying to chase the good times, I guess. Is that what the goal was of this week? Yeah. Yeah, just a bit of a reset, I it, think. So explain your work to people. Yeah. Like you, you've got a pretty <laughs> hectic job. Yeah. Um, to get away from that must be a huge thing sometimes just to decompress from your work. Yeah. What is it you do? Um, I drive fuel tankers. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, truck driver, but uh, now, yeah, drive uh, semis and road trains, uh, carting diesel, petrol, yeah. How, how did that all begin? Um, I started my trucking, like, time about six years ago. I went from being an insurance broker and just needed a change, so I went and drove concrete trucks, did that for a few years, and then I went into truck and dog tippers, and then last year my dad, my dad did it previously I've kind of followed his footsteps and he his boss was like we want your daughter and I was like nah yeah. I've worked so hard to get this truck and dog combination because it's quite technical and I was very proud of it and I'm like nah dad I'm staying and he's like no this is better better work-life balance you're burning out I was working six days a week um, every week just to you know I, I couldn't really take any time off um, and so now I've gone into this in December and it's been a, quite a journey. Yeah. Um, there's times I've been like, why have I done this? But no, I'm really happy now. So yeah, uh, I've got my dangerous goods license, a whole lot of other ones. And now I've got my um, unrestricted multiple, uh, multi-combination so I can drive road trains. And it's, yeah, it's good. It is really good. I'm very fortunate. What's the industry like? Um, very regulated. There's a lot of red tape. Yep. But it has to be because it's so dangerous. Um, yeah, it's just a lot to learn. Like there's there's a truck driving part and that's easy. Like you can do that with your eyes closed. It's more like the regulated of a, not mixing diesel and fuel and stuff like that. But in general, I'm treated really well. I feel like I'm really supported. I think that's what I like about fuel is that it doesn't matter what company you work for, everyone supports you because everyone wants to see each other get home. Yeah. Um, and there's no cowboys because... We just can't be like that. So, no, it's a good industry. So, like, it's dangerous goods? Yes. It, how, how big is the risk in dangerous goods? Um, my boss says it's not 
that dangerous because there's so many like procedures. Okay, if you follow the protocols, the procedures, you're right. Um, I don't even think of it anymore, if yeah. I'm honest. It just feels like I'm carting water because I think you have to have that mentality a little bit because yeah. otherwise you can get a bit overwhelmed. Because if you're like, say you've got a P-double, for instance, mm-hmm. how many litres? Um, well, so a, a single semi-trailer is about 33,000 litres. Um, the most I've carted is 80, 80 something thousand litres and that's in an AB triple. Wow. <laughs> that's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. Did, yeah. How much does, like say with the truck, how much does it affect it each time you put a trailer on? Yeah. What, what's the feel? Um, it, they track really well. Right. So if you've got a full trailer, it, it pulls very nicely. It's more when it's like half full because then you'll have the slosh. Yeah. So when I first started driving them, I actually had motion sickness. Cause really? You're, yeah, you're sitting at the lights and you're like rocking. You don't even realise. But... Um, yeah, just no no jamming of the brakes. Yeah. Because then that's when you'll get the push, but I haven't noticed it really, if I'm honest. So is it like that feeling on a ferry, like a boat, just that, just a slight... Yeah. Ah, oh, true. But yeah. now I don't notice it. Yep. But at the beginning, I was like, why am I feeling crook? Mm. Um, and it was just that, whereas like before I drove with rubble or sand. Yep. And so there was no movement. It's just dead weight, you know, isn't it? Yeah, a lot safer. <laughs> what, what, was, what, was your, um, what was your first experience of reversing a dog trailer? <laughs> Is it bad? Yeah. 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 So backing a normal trailer, yep. uh, you put your, say you want the trailer to go to your right, you put mm. your left hand down, mm-hmm. kick it and then chase it, right? Yep. And dad's like, okay, we're going in on a Sunday. Out of hours, we got approved. And he's like, okay, try and back it. And the thing just gets away from you because mm. everything's backwards. Yes. So if you want the trailer to go to your right, right hand down, left hand down, Is if that makes sense. I don't oh, know. Oh, it does, yeah. Yeah, so um, just shocking because yep. you're waiting for you're waiting to see something move and then you're like, oh, and then I'll chase it. Mm. But you can't because once it's moved, you can't chase it. It's all over. It's all over. So you've got to anticipate what it's going to do before it does. Yep. But it's crazy that seat time, you start to do it and you just know. But, yeah, just back and forth in a line. Dad's like just hopped out the truck and walked away. Mm. It's, it's, <laughs> it's um, like from from a very distant memory now, it's over 20 years, but mm. um, I started my diesel uh, fitting apprenticeship. Oh, right? cool. Okay. So then I worked at Borrell. So, oh, no way. I worked at Hanson. Oh, true. Yeah. So 17, 18, 19, sort of that era. Yeah. First thing you got to do, like you're out of school, you're driving your little car to school. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to learn to Reverse a dog trailer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Full of confidence at 17. <laughs> it's real hard. It's so no hard. locking pin. Take your locking pin out. Oh, yeah, no. no you can't I was do never this. allowed yep. to use. Yeah. Like, you can't do that. I'm like, well, let me do that. And uh, no, you've got to learn. It's so much better not to, though, because yeah. I feel like that's cheating as well. Yes. And um, then what happens if you don't have one that you can lock it? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fallback. You know, mm-hmm. it's one of those things if you really desperately need it. But, uh, yeah, that first experience of driving one of those, I remember it. And, like, I end up getting it. It's fine. Like, Yeah, you do eventually, but it's embarrassing. It's really embarrassing. And you and get the hot sweats. Yeah. 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 And then at that time too, like, the clutch, everything feels like it's going to explode because you're like, like shaking through the parking lot. I'll have to admit mine was automatic. That's all right. Yeah. Have you got the manual? Yeah, unrestricted. Full unrestricted. Yeah. Damn, that's a huge license. How long did that take you? Like a... Like the a day, 
to get the license. Just to oh. build up through the process. So. Oh, so I was living in Darwin and... Um, Jeez, you've got around <laughs> in travel. Like you've done so many different spots. And everyone that's listening, this is going to be a bit of a different sort of podcast. So Yeah, I'm, I'm a, a nobody. It's a bit of travel. <laughs> it's a bit of motorcycling. It's a bit of trucking, and, yeah. which is something I'm really interested in. So Yeah, cool. Well, yeah. I get excited to talk about it. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so... Yeah, mm. how did you go? How's the process of going through that? Yeah, so I was living in Darwin and I just always wanted to have my truck license. I feel like you can never be too overqualified. It's always good, good to have things, and yeah. I never want to be a person that can't help out. So mm. if you've got your license, you can hop in and just help someone out, you know. Anyways, so I said to my parents, Oh, can I have some cash for my Christmas present or birthday so I can go get my HR? Yeah. So I did that. Um, my ex-boyfriend was not happy about this, by the way. Why? We can get into that later. Yeah, we will. <laughs> we'll touch on that. Yeah. Um, and so I did my HR up in Darwin with um, a guy called Glenn that ran the motocross track, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, yes, I did the HR. That was in a prime... Oh, it was an experience up the Stuart Highway with the road trains going past trying to get the gears and yep. hot sweats again. Yeah. And then... Um, so that... Later on, years down the track, got me into the Aggies, into the concrete trucks. Yep. And then I think it was like 2009, just before the pandemic, I went up to Mildura and did a two-day course to get my HC, uh, H, yeah, heavy combination. So yep. that's a semi, one trailer. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a two-day course. One day is just a theory um, and then the second day is the driving. Yep. But the good thing is, is once you've done um, a road ranger, so say HR, all the rest of them can be synchro mesh or automatics and you're still unrestricted. Yeah. Thank God. Yes. Because like once you're starting to worry about all your trailers, I didn't want to have to be worrying about yep. grinding gears because once you grind a gear, you're done. Mm, mm. So HC was, yeah, two days. And then I went in March and got my road train license, which was a huge thing for me because personally that's been a massive goal. For me, since I was a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's something as a kid that you had a goal or a vision of doing? Yeah, I don't know if I wanted to be a truck driver full time. Yep. I just always thought that they were so cool and I just I always just want to give things a go. So I think that's always just been a goal to be able to do it. Yep. Um, but, yeah, the good thing with the road train is that it was just a one day. But it's funny because <laughs> I rocked up and the instructor was a bit off me. You know, you could just tell straight away. Right. And I was like, oh, here we go. And um, mm. he's went over the truck and tried to show me things. I'm like, I know, I know all this already, but okay, like just be very polite. We get in the truck. He goes, oh, can you just reverse this speed double? I just want to see where you're at. And I did it. And he goes, oh, all right. I guess we'll just go out on the road then. And I was like, that was weird. Mm. And then um, at the end of the day when I got signed off, the only point I lost – in the whole test was that I didn't put my um, hazard lights on when I reversed. Right. And I'm like, are you serious? You're going to dock me a point? Like it could have, but anyway, no one can have full points. But mm. um, I said to him, I'm like, how did you feel when you seen me rock up this morning? And he goes, I'll be honest, I was not very happy. I thought, oh, here we go. And he goes, I had to go and eat my words at morning tea um, wow. because you proved me, like I, I completely judged you and I'm really sorry. So that was really sweet that he admitted it, but sad as well that he thought that in the first place. Mm. But no, it's, yeah, but. Mm. What did that come from, do you reckon? Had you had that, do you reckon he's had that experience in the past or do you reckon? Yeah, well, maybe I just don't look like the typical person. I don't know. Are you the typical truck driver that drives road trains? <laughs> <laughs> like, are you? 
I haven't seen anyone like me. You haven't? Okay. <laughs> yeah. What's what's a week for you in the, in the truck? Oh, okay. So it's weird now. I do shift work. Right. Um, my roster is very bizarre. Mm-hmm. It's a combination of days and nights. Um, but on the calendar week, it's four days. Yep. It might be like two days, two nights or, um, yeah. It's very complicated to explain it, but it, at least now I finally have some quality of life, work-life balance. I feel like I can actually, I actually have weekends. I only work one out of three. Um, yeah, really early starts, 3 a.m. alarm on a day shift. Yep. Um, 12 hour day or 10? Yeah, minimum 10. Minimum 10s, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then night shift, I start about three in the afternoon and work until whenever the work's done. So, you know, you, you go to work, you get um, a run of what all the loads you're going to do. Yep. And it's just, a, you have no idea how long that's going to take. You just get it done. But um, after this holiday, I'll be probably driving the road train a lot more. And that's going to be some big hours and big trips. So I'm excited to get out of town because towns don't make me very happy. <laughs> I can imagine that. Where, where, like, where does it take you now currently? Like, where, where say you get in the road train, where, where will you drive from? And you're from Adelaide or yeah, South Adelaide. Wales. Yeah, Adelaide, yep. So where will you go? Um, so the company I work for, we just go straight north, um, Port Augusta, for, yep. to fill some trains, like a big tank, um, or Cooper Pedy. Yep. To the big shell. Um, or now we're starting to do Alice Springs. Wow. So I don't, I hope I don't get that for a while. How come? <laughs> it's a three day trip um, and you're parked on the side of the road. I, I don't know. I just, I'm realistic of taking steps. Yes. So um, I want to get confident with doing this step and then that. And yep. I'm, if I get asked, I'll never knock it back. Of course, I'll be like, yeah. I don't, I never want to look like I'm weak. Mm. or that I am less than or less capable than anyone else. But I'm also realistic of trying to just take the steps that you're meant to and not try and rush a process, especially in fuel because it's so dangerous. Yep. There's no risk taking at all with that. So when you're travelling, for instance, say say you're doing Alice Springs, Mm. do you literally just pull up at... I haven't been out there. there You haven't been to Alice? No. You haven't been to Fink? No. Oh. Yeah, it really sucks. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, yeah, I haven't. So, been to a few different places, but mm. never been there. So. Okay, well, next year, think. Oh, I've said that for Let's a few put years. It in. Yeah. yeah, I've said that for a few years, and I don't like to put things out there and not do them. And I have. Yeah, so. but once you say that you're going to do it, then yeah, you have to do it. I have to do it. That's so. what I do. I've got to do it. I've got to do it. So, where do you where do you stop if you're in the truck? Oh, with that one, I can't tell you. I haven't done it. Yeah. Um, my, what about? My dad's done it. I think we run logbooks. So yep. you just got to try and get as far as you can and then just pull into a truck stop, I'd say. Yeah, okay. Yep. Um, Cooper Pedy's all right because you go up to Cooper Pedy, mm. unload, stay the night, and then drive back empty the next day. Right. Yep. Um, so you just stay in the servo, I guess. I Look, this is a bit, this is the next step for me and I'm not quite there yet. Yep. Um, at the moment, what I've been doing with the semi work is just kind of local, just filling up servos locally um, and stuff like that. How long does it take you to servo? Um, less than an hour. Wow. Yeah. So when we're filling um, at the gantry, so we have to go into a gantry to fill the tank, um, we can put three arms on at a time and they're filling up about 2,000 litres per minute per arm. Damn, that's insane. Yeah, so no one's allowed to talk to you. It's very strict. Um, You have to be really on. And also a a tank has six compartments, Mm -hmm. five or six compartments, and in each compartment can have a different 
type of fuel. So you need to make sure that all your labels are, are right. There's a, there's a lot of procedures, but yeah, so, um, and it depends because you can be discharging at a servo with two hoses yep. um, and it's all gravity fed. So it's just, it depends on yep. like uh, what it's venting like as well. If the vents are really good, you'll rush it in nice and quick. But and then other ones you do, um, like if you go to a farm, yep. um, it's one, one hose at a time and that's pumped. So you can kind of manually deal with how fast that's going control in. it sort of thing. Yep. yeah and I love the farm work really yeah yeah so like you you rock up with a truck mm-hmm. they have a huge tank obviously somewhere on t- yeah it's good if they've got a big tank um sometimes you rock up to it and they've got lots of little ones all over the place oh geez and yep. it's a bit of a nightmare yep. yeah mm. so um you need to go and I hope I'm not boring you but no 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 <laughs> I'm interested um, so you, if you go to a farm, uh, you you identify where the tanks are. You yep. go and um, you open up. There would be a dip in there, like mm-hmm. a manual dip. Pull it up. Figure out what the ullage is. Yep. So how much is fuel is in there? What's the full tank? It's a lot of mathematics, and you need to get it spot on because if you get your calculations wrong, you'll overfill, and mm-hmm. you don't want to spill at all. You don't want any product to ground. Um, so yeah, and then you just figure that out and hook her up, and then you go. Now, with with your job having protocols and mm. things that are quite strict, you you go to motorbike events and stuff. Mm-hmm. You see people filling up things everywhere. Mm. Do you get extra not cautious about it? But does it make you look more when people are That's filling things up? That's a really good up? question. You know, there's fuel going everywhere, and you know, sometimes there's fuel on people's header pipes. You know, like just filling and <laughs> yeah, seats with the and heat stuff. and the like. Static. Do you yeah. look at it more? Nah. Nah. Yeah, when I'm not at work, I'm not at work. <laughs> like I've got mates that are builders and they can't walk into a house yeah, without true. looking and going, oh, that's out of, that's out of shape. All that. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. your job. Uh, I, yeah, I was yeah I'm probably like am more, I'm heaps more aware of servos. Yeah, right. When I drive yeah. in, I'm like, oh, where's the fuel points? Or yep. how does the truck get into here? Yep. Can you fit a semi? Or like, you know, and then when I'm driving past now, I'm seeing people discharging like, oh, what do you, what? You know, yep. so definitely more aware of that, but maybe I don't know about the, at the track. Oh, yeah, seeing jerry cans out in the sun. Yeah. You're like, oh, yep. shit. <laughs> yeah, gas bottles on front seats, yeah. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Yeah. What's the, um, what are you driving? What's your truck? Uh, yeah, I don't have my own. What are you in at the moment? Like, what do you drive mostly? Um, uh, Volvo. Okay. Yeah, DAFs. Yep. Um, we've got a brand new man that's a road train truck. Nice. Um, and we've got a couple of Kenworths as well. They all autos now? Um, the 608 is a manual, like a road ranger. Yep. But pretty much everything else is an auto, wow. which for me, being lazy, that's perfect. <laughs> well, it, it makes sense now. You know, the roads are so busy. Yeah, but and also you're, um, you're eliminating a, um, a risk. Does that, make, does that make sense? Like yeah. uh, for me personally, like I understand the ego side of wanting to drive a road ranger yep. um, and I've fallen victim to that a little bit because um, I, yeah, if that makes sense. But with an auto, like at least that's one less thing you need to think about. You yep. have to worry about all the trailers. Are they going to get around the corner without hitting curb? What's this person doing that just pulled in front of me? Like yep. if you have gears, you need to manually change them down to pull you back. Correct. You can't just slam on your brakes because then... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nice reenactment. Oh, God, that's so embarrassing. But... Um, There's a thumbnail. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah. I, I think that it's probably safer. I, it depends I on too. who you talk to, though. I, I do, and I also see the merit in um, moving parts. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're... 
the wear and that clutches, gearboxes, mm. because of certain drivers too. Mm-hmm. And like in that small time I did that for that time, you could see people that were heavy on their equipment mm. through clutches and stuff like that. Like they're durable equipment but mm. through an auto there's no mistakes. Mm. Yeah, I'd say so. Well, it's a few less things you need to worry about. Yeah, so you should be wearing less parts which is yeah. cheaper for everyone at some point. Yeah, I um, mm. I had to test my lack of skills <laughs> at Fink actually because right. um, I got the opportunity to drive a semi up there for one of my mates Yep. Um, and that had a road ranger in it. Um, Billy was incredible to give me that opportunity. And have, so is that Billy Geddes? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, absolute legend. Shout out, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that was uh, – it, it tested me a yeah. lot. But um, I took my dad with me to Fink this year to give him the experience and dad had to sit in the passenger seat. Shout out, dad. I know that he wasn't very happy about that. But wow. um, I was like, dad, like, you have the chance to be my mentor. Please, like, let's work on this together. Like, um, I understand it's not a 10-minute – thing I can learn but I'm so determined to get this skill and when when there's no trucks around to drive to practice you know how do you learn so we had a few um, moments where I was in the middle of Alice with the hazard lights on having a panic attack because I just couldn't find a gear um but we got there in the end yeah is your dad a truck driver for life no we're we're um farmers right yeah so five generations of cherry orchards in um, the Adelaide Hills. True. Yeah. So have you still got that in the family? Or? Yeah, that's where yeah. I live now. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when did he do the truck thing? Um, so I think uh, growing up, Dad always drove on the off-seasons just yep. for a bit of extra cash, um, carting spuds and... Um, so Australian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> spuds. <laughs> Potatoes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we... Uh, as a kid, I got to go in the truck with him occasionally, yep. which I like loved it because that gave me the pa- the, the love for it because of the smells and the sensory. Yep. Um, quite often, I'd sleep the whole trip and apparently wake up at the end of the trip like, "Are we there yet?" And I was like, "I've been and gone. We're back at the yard." <laughs> but obviously, I felt very comfortable in trucks always. So um, yeah, but cherry orchards is mainly the thing. And then when my parents got divorced, Dad needed to sell some land. Yep. Um, and being a small fo- small orchards don't make any money anymore. Right. So that's when he went full time trucking. So what happened in the cherry orchards? Do they just do yep. you still sell product? Or? Yeah, we have people come pick their own cherries more so now. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's, I think we're just kind of holding on to it. So when Dad retires, he's got like the land that he can then tinker around on. Um, yeah, we used to have a lot of cherries, pears, uh, apples. Rhubarb was a really big thing. Wow. Grew violets. What a um, cool spot to grow up. Oh, so, so privileged. I'm super aware of the privilege that I have. Where we are is only like 20 minutes from the centre of the city. Wow. But you go up that hill and you feel like you're miles away. Do you like living in South Australia? Oh. Don't say it this week because you've just been on holidays <laughs> in Queensland and it's been like an awesome week. But yeah. Do you like living down there? Yeah, yeah. yeah good place? I like it. Uh, I'm just, yeah, in a, in a place of very, I'm very fortunate of where I live, being back on the farm. Right. If I wasn't there, I don't know if I'd be there. Um, I live in my grandma's house, which is the original homestead that my dad grew up in. Mm-hmm. My grandma has passed now um, and then I just rent the other two rooms out. Yep. But the fact that I have my dad and my stepmom, sister next door, um, my dog has 20 acres to run around on, like that aspect I like of it. Yep. I can keep my overheads low. Um, but the East Coast is calling me a lot. Mm. So I'm, I'm open 
to whatever. I've this is the longest I've stayed still for quite some time. And the truck, like truck driving, yeah, is such an open door to yeah. good truck drivers, isn't it? You yeah, know, well, jobs everywhere. the industry we're in a lot of trouble because it's a very aging demographic. Yes, um, we are we're already feeling the pinch. Um, we have one of our guys just retired like a couple of weeks ago and then we have multiple others in our small tiny team retiring in the next 12 months. So where do we get new drivers? Mm. Um, I'm pretty passionate about this because um, the industry doesn't allow children to come in trucks anymore. Really? Yeah. Um, I can understand fuel. Um, you can't come in a truck with me unless you have your dangerous goods licence. As a passenger? Yeah, no one. So, uh, but, you know, the only reason I or anyone I know that drives trucks is because our uncle or our dad or our grandpa or someone um, took them as a kid. So you got to experience it. How does someone get into trucking if they have no prior connections or experience? So I wouldn't mind maybe getting into schools and talking to kids and saying like, look, trucking is actually quite... A prosper, you um, want to try and say like a prosperous, yeah, yeah, that word. Um, uh, I've, I, I'm, I'm financially secure because of this decision to become a truck driver. Like it's yep. not a dead end job. Like which a lot of my sister and I's ex partners and stuff said to us, "Don't become a truck driver. You're not going to get anywhere with that." It's actually been the complete opposite for us. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's a bit of an issue with the aging um, demographic for sure. So what's going to change that is education. I think so. Is it, isn't it? Yeah, we've just got to um, get younger people and experience. Maybe if we can try and do some mentorship or some kind of apprenticeship. where um, Because you're not going to – most insurance companies won't cover you if you're in your early 20s or anything. Mm. You're going to need some kind of experience. So how can we get the steps um, to get kids or, like, younger people into it? So maybe just working in a yard and then maybe, like – you know, not earn that much money, but spend a couple of days in the passenger seat and just learn learn it. And it's a very expensive process to get your licenses. Mm. So uh, just to get my to go from a HC heavy combination to a heavy like a multiple combination cost me personally nearly two thousand dollars. That's just a one day uh, test. And a lot of people have got those licenses that aren't doing it for a living, mm. so it's expensive, mm-hmm. isn't it? You know, like. So no, no, no young person's going to be like, yeah. oh, I'm going to leave my career and go fork out X amount of thousands of dollars to get a licence that when am I going to, like, am I even going to be able to get a job? Because yeah. quite often people won't employ you unless you've got prior experience. How do you get experience if you're not, no one gives you a chance? This is the, this is the real hard part of, of that and um, heavy equipment. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in my early 20s, it was something I looked at. I was like, oh, I'd love to get into driving heavy equipment after mm-hmm. coming out of that. But no one would employ you because mm-hmm. you don't have anything. And mm-hmm. it's like, how, how, how am I going to get into this without yeah. buying my own machine, which I can't do? Yeah. I can maybe pay for my tickets. Yeah. But the ticket doesn't have the pathway for that next step. That's the part that needs to the creation, doesn't it? Yeah. And a lot of businesses are so flat out. They're not going to, they can't afford to have you muck up. No. Like, um, I, I've been, again, I've been very spoiled with the opportunities I've got to get to where I am. So getting into trucks is because my dad and my sister both already worked there. Yep. So they knew that we'd be hard workers and gave us a chance. But if I didn't have that, I don't even know how I would have got into it. It's an interesting thing. I, I, 
I've heard of that. Like a couple of my friends drive uh, trucks up here for Hanson as well. Oh, really? Saying. No yeah. way. <laughs> and they're like saying like, you can get a job every day of the week at the moment. Like there's mm. just people finishing. I never thought it'd be retiring and stuff, but it mm. makes makes perfect sense. Mm. Listen to a conversation in the States, right, mm-hmm. about trucking over there mm-hmm. and the invention of electric trucks and stuff like oh, that. Oh, okay. Now, I want to pick your brain on this. Oh, okay. They, they were talking about, you know, you've travelled over there. Mm-hmm. East Coast, and, and I'll talk so we take the camera off you while you're sculling your drink. Sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's good. Um, but, yeah, they, they have uh, East Coast, West Coast, big open highways, mm-hmm. and the invention of an electric truck, nearly mm-hmm. somewhat driverless. Very hard mm-hmm. to do here. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on that? Mm. Do you have a thought on that? I don't know. Okay. I, I think our roads aren't we built for that. Here. No. 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 Mm. Not yet. Never the, say never. The big interconnectors in the States... You know, East Coast, West Coast. Oh, they're 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 crazy. You can do it there. Yeah, I reckon. Mm. But still, if you're going to have a driverless truck, you'd want to, like, you'd need all the cars to be on the same path. I think. Oh yeah. Like, because when we're driving, we're not just driving for us. It's I think with motorbike riding, it all kind of comes in because you're driving for everyone else around you. Mm. So when you're driving, you're not just like, oh yeah. You're actually watching everyone in your mirrors. What's this person doing that's coming beside me or underneath me yep. and stuff like that? So I don't know. I'm excited for the electric side of it, but also doing my dangerous goods license, we learned a lot about lithium. Yes. Is that that's what they're using in Correct. Like, yeah, and it's actually terrifying. I was sitting there like, ooh, dangerous goods license is terrifying at the best of times, but all these batteries are that. And the big issue with that is that under um, impact – in crashes, they, they explode, right? Can, yeah. Yeah, I think there was, I can't... Uh, it's very hard to put out. They're yes, hard to no, that's, that's, okay, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, once mm. it's, you just, yeah, um, very hot. So that's that was a bit shocking because um, all of these batteries are going to be like that. So what, how do we deal with all of that? Um, but I'm not smart and those people are, so I'm sure they've got it all figured out. Yeah, I, I, was, I was intrigued by it because I was like, the, the the talk of it was I think there's about five hundred thousand truck drivers or something in the US. Mm-hmm. They're like, if we can do this for interconnectors, we can basically we'll have the like road trains, but effectively, mm-hmm. they drive smaller trucks than us. Yeah. They do. But, yeah. um, <laughs> so they have road trains like nearly connected, like so close on a on a grid, pretty much. Um, the trailer behind mm-hmm. or the truck behind is in like a slipstream, and then they can just. So they just have their own lane on the highways. I don't know. But you can look at the things like truck stops, yeah, driverless. Who, who like you go to you go to a truck stop in the states, yeah. It's trucks. Oh like, yeah. It thrives on trucks. Uh-huh. Um, I just don't know what happens. I, I, I as someone that's a truck driver, mm. I just wanted to ask you what, what mm. you thought of that. But mm. yeah, very very interesting. Well, look, if people aren't going to start working hard for their money and be willing to do the hours, then that's the only option they're going to have. Yeah. Um, we all adapt and evolve and every industry is, so we just got to kind of go with the times. Yep. But you think about that just sounds like a train to me. It does. So it will just be a train on the road. A road train. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it does. It, do, it does sound like that, so an electric road train, you know. So Yeah. With the mobility to maybe get off off 
you know, trains. They're still going to need truck tracks. drivers or delivery people. For sure. Yeah. So they're still going to be. I'm excited to see what happens though. But after driving from Adelaide to the Gold Coast the other day, mm, <laughs> I don't know about electric uh, trucks on those roads. Not a chance. No. <laughs> we, we had the conversation last night actually. Um, 31st of October, 1st of November, 2nd of November. Mm-hmm. There's uh, three track days on at the bend, at Tail and Bend. Oh, yes. And we're talking about it and we're looking it up. It's 1,930 kilometres from here. Yeah. So like, how can we do this? How can we do it efficiently? And yeah. have you driven it? Have you driven it? Two of us. One was a racer that's currently mm-hmm. racing. No. Have you done it? No. Like we don't even know where we're going. Like we yeah. got sat nav and that. Like you've just done it. Yeah, but it's easy. The roads are pretty rough out there sometimes and we're just having this huge conversation like thinking of what's it like. You can't send an electric truck driverless on that road. No, I should, they're Stuff so no. bump, they're so bumpy. There's potholes yep. everywhere. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but you'll be right. Drive. I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. she'll be right. What's the worst that can happen? I did it by myself. Hmm. Yeah, that's. We'll, we'll get to that too. Okay. Where did motorcycles start for you? Uh, when I was really young. Yeah. 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 So I just had uh, a little Honda trike. Yep. Yeah. It was my grandpa's. What an electric? Uh, not electric. Excuse <laughs> me. Uh, like a, a motorized Honda. Yeah, what, like a little 70. ATC 70. Like a, yeah, yeah. Damn. Still got it. Have you? Yeah. Cool bike. Yeah, it's killer. My um, cousin's actually restoring it for us right now. Awesome. And it's so cool. Yeah. So um, I've got a photo of me as a baby on that with my dad. Wow. Yeah, it's so cute. And um, uh, yeah, I guess I just always loved riding around home. Didn't really, really realise that there was a, I could do it anywhere else. Um, and then... My neighbour had a little Peewee 80. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, Dad. I hopped on that and I'm like, Dad, I want one. What sort of age? Hmm. I was primary school. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, but – and so we bought that and about two weeks later I was like, oh, this is too slow. Mm. And then we got um, a little XR100. Yeah. So I, I did ballet from the age of three. Like ballet was everything. Yeah. Um, and I remember I'd always come home from ballet, go into my bedroom – like you get changed, like climb out of my window, hop on the motorbike and ride off. And my Nana would lose it. Where's my little princess gone? But I just always loved riding. I didn't, yeah, again, I didn't realize it could be a sport. It just was this fun thing that I did. Um, So I did that. And then um, when I was in high school, um, a lot of, by that stage I was, I transferred from ballet to figure skating. So I used to skate multiple times a week. So from school, I'd catch a certain bus to the ice arena and the boys on that bus raced motocross. Right. Um, and we got talking and I said, I loved bikes. And they're like, oh, you should come to a race. I was like, oh, okay. And as soon as I got to that, my first, is at um, South Coast Motocross Club down in Adelaide. And I remember rocking up, I was like, oh my God, I'm home. Like, I want to do this. It, I don't know, there's something about it. Yep. Um, so then uh, someone we knew had a 125, a YZ125, an 01 model. Um, and I was like, Dad, I want this bike. So I went from a XR100 to a YZ125. That's a jump. We didn't have enough money, so we did a payment plan. Yeah. Started riding that. And then slowly like, like went out to like a little few little girl rides days and stuff like that. And then I was like, uh, I want to race motocross. And Dad's like, absolutely not. You know, Just not happening. Not happening. Wow. Um, so straight out of... Uh, like and I was I was obsessed with bikes the whole time. Like all my uh, school book covers were pictures of motorbikes. I read all the magazines, 
it was something that made me really happy. And so straight out of school, I went um, and got my first job at Peter Stevens Motorcycles in Adelaide. Really? Yeah. And I was like, well, Dad, guess what? I'm racing. And he's like, no, you're not. I'm like, yeah, I am. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Getting excited. Um, and yes, yeah, so I started um, racing through that um, and went from there. What was it like work? You're sort of 16 and a half, 17 when you yeah. get out of school. Uh, yeah, I was 17, yeah. 17. What's it like working in a bike shop at 17? Um, Did you learn heaps? I grew up quick. Yeah. 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 Um, I was very young. Yeah, like very in, innocent. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I loved it for the social aspect. I love people. Mm. So I probably excelled in that aspect. Yep. Um, made no money. <laughs> yeah. But, and anything I did earn, I put straight into racing. So you went and raced that yep. 125? Yep. How'd you go? Everyone laughed at me. Why? Oh, like, that bike's a hunger shit. <laughs> like, because I was the only girl on a 125 two-stroke. Everyone else was on brand new 250s that their dad yep. or boyfriend had bought them. Yep. And I was out there by my – I would drive a Subaru Rombri out there with this old 125 and uh, foul plugs left, right and centre. Um, I got real good at the wire brush, un- getting a ma- yep. wire brush, because my family wouldn't come to any of my races. Well, they just – no, they were, they were like, nah. Just didn't agree with it. You'll, you'll waste too much money in this sport. Okay. Um, didn't want to see me get hurt. Um, but after a season where I just flat out, they're like, oh. And Dad's like, well, you, you're obviously not going to quit, so I may as well join you. So he went and bought the same bike and we started racing together. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. which was really sweet because my yep. dad rode and raced when he was younger. Right. But he just, he didn't want me to race because he didn't want me to waste all my money, mm. which I did. No regrets. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it is what it is. But, um, yeah. Do you have the Brumby still? Yeah. You do? Yeah. My cousin does next door. Look out, Hewitt. Yeah. Have you seen his one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a little white one. Yeah, that was my grandpa's as well. Really? So you were rocking up to race meetings, Brumby. Why is mm-hmm. it 125 in yeah. the back? Yeah. Good to go. Yeah. All the other girls, brand new gear, brand new bikes. Daddy's helping them out. Did you, like, how did you compete? Um... Not very fast. <laughs> Enjoy? Oh, my God, I loved it. Yeah. And, like, the community was fantastic. Everyone was so supportive of me. And yep. I'm still really good mates with everyone I r- race with. Wow. Yeah. From there, like, obviously different sorts of racing along the way. And yeah. That, now you're doing enduro work, like riding and stuff. Yeah. Where, where did you sort of find all your people? Like, how did you find your tribe, I guess? Just by being myself. <laughs> Putting myself in situations to meet people. Yeah. Um, you ever been shy? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> my family say they don't know where I got my personality from. Is your family quiet? Oh, yeah. Okay, yep. Yeah, they all are very quiet. Oh, yeah. Is it time? It is. It's 12 o'clock somewhere. 12.30, I think. <laughs> oh, hang on. <clears throat> very good. Yum. Yeah, no, um, I'm insecure in certain ways. Isn't everyone? Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> I just try to... I wouldn't say I'm really shy. Yeah. Where'd you go from, obviously, Peter Stevens mm-hmm. in Adelaide? Yeah. I'm going to have that through my mouth. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> no, you're good. I'm um, good? All right, yeah. thanks. Um, when, did you, when did you come up here? Up to Queensland? Mm. Is, uh, it around, is it around that era or a bit later? No. So from Peter Stevens, I went and became an insurance, went into the insurance broking industry. Why was that appealing at the time? Uh-huh. Make some money. Yeah, I thought I'd earn more money. I yep. thought, and I had people in my ear telling me that a corporate career was a way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, working in a bike store is not going to get me anywhere. Go get a corporate career and 
wrong people talking in my ear. Anyway, went there, earned no money, lost my sponsorship to race. Um, Where's your sponsorship from? Peter Stevens. Oh, really? So I went from a YZ125 and then I got a brand new 09 CRF250R. Yep. Raced a couple of seasons with, on that. And then I was like, oh, I'll go get this corporate career and then I'll race on side. So that way I could, because I was working six days a week at the store yep. and then riding on every day I had, like the only day I had off. Yep. Um, so I had no break from it and I was burning out a little bit and I just wanted to have riding as something. But I lost my sponsorship when I went into the insurance. Yep. Um, and then I couldn't afford to race because I didn't right. have the backing and the help. Um, so, yeah, I did that for a couple of years and then the ex-boyfriend that I was with at the time um, got, was getting transferred to Darwin. So I moved up to Darwin, did 18 months up there and then yep. we moved over to Brisbane over here. Right. But this was a time before Instagram was a big thing and I could not find people to ride with. So I trekked my bike everywhere yep. um, and I barely rode it here, unfortunately. And if I did, I rode by myself. And it's wow. just devastating because now all of my favourite moto people are up here and I'm not. Yeah, that must be difficult. Mm. So, like, because if you look at your week that you've just had, you've just ridden just random folk, mm -hmm. you know. Mm. Um, that's one of the positives of social media, isn't it? Yeah. That door has opened up to be able to, yeah. oh, such and such is right, let's go do this. Yeah. Whereas in the past, before MySpace... You couldn't do it. Like really, it was, yeah. it was very, very difficult. You need to have like the click, you know, everything was a click. Yeah, or people you grew up with. Yeah, yep. Um, yeah, social media has positive and negatives, of course, just like everything in life. Yep. But if it's used properly, it can be a fantastic networking tool. How long did you stay in insurance for? Seven years. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, right. Was it enjoyable? Um, certain aspects of it for sure. Yeah, I, I had a, my own portfolio of clients and I felt that it was really rewarding because I helped people. Yep. So I, being a broker, you're working for the person. Mm. So you'd come to me and I'd be like, okay, do you own a car? Yep. Motorbikes? Yep. Do you have um, a house or an investment property? Then I'd collate all that information and I'd go out to the market for you, mm. find out what options are for you. I'd assess it, come back to you, and then I'd create, make sure that everything's insured. And then say you had a car accident, instead of you having to fight to try and get covered or your claim paid, I would then fight for you. Mm. So just ring me, okay, give me the details, okay, and then we, our claims department would do it. So in that aspect, I loved it. When I came to Brisbane, it started becoming a little bit hard for me to manage my Darwin clients. I felt yep. bad that I wasn't even there. Um, so then I transferred into the sports insurance space. What's that mean? So um, we insured like the NRL or sport, sporting teams, wow. athletes, um, your sporting equipment. Yep. Um, it was really, really good. And if I was in a different, if my personal life was in a different area, I probably would have stayed in that industry. Um, but it was time for me to get out and um, have a change of pace. Now you said in, you know, in conversation and that, mm. What was the personal stuff? Um, so the basics, I, anyway. You know. Yeah, just um, I just had a abusive relationship that I was in. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and um, I just uh, yeah got out of that, which was great, and that gave me the chance to restart my life and have a second chance, and that's why I kind of live my life how I do now. And this is when you went to Canada. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, so you got out of obviously insurance. Yeah. Relationship yeah. as well. Visa. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I one day I just thought, 
I've always wanted to go to Canada. So this was completely on a whim? Yeah, like, so yeah, kind of. I'm going to do this, yeah. Yeah, I was just like, oh, let's just see what the process is. Yeah, okay, yep. Uh, application submitted. And then I was sitting there and insurance up in Tawong. Yep. The visa came through. I was like, oh, sick. Um, have no money. Don't have even visa. know. <laughs> have a visa. Need to get that within a year. Right. I can't even afford a plane ticket because mm-hmm. I was living week to week. So that's when I moved back to Adelaide. Wow. Mm. So you went back to Adelaide. Did you get into trucking then? or did Straight you... away, yeah. You did, yeah. Yep. Had okay. the job lined up. Before you went, basically. Yeah. Um, for years, they'd offered me a work. Yep. Um, but I was like, no, I've got to follow this relationship and this career. Um, and But I always knew that that was a fallback. So, yeah. You know how a lot of people say, like, things were a waste of time? And mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't sort of like that. Oh, neither. Too much? Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I like uh, you know, it, it sort of... Did you learn your lesson? I, I'm not a fan of that sort of thing too much, right? <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, maybe there's something out of it, but mm. it doesn't mean that it wasn't a benefit at some point as well or something, you know? Yeah. But um, did it feel good to, like, just move on, get mm-hmm. that next phase of your life done? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. It A lot of years to get over it, though. Yeah, okay. Yeah, a lot of therapy. But, but um, I think that from that I've been able to help a lot of other people as yeah. well. You know, like everything, you can turn a negative into a positive. For sure. Anything. Yeah. And we all learn from situations and stuff and make sure, as long as you make sure you don't fall into the same traps and stuff like that, mm. for sure. That's, yeah, if you're going to have like that saying of learn your lesson or something, mm. that's the one. If you don't fall into that uh, that routine or habit or whatever yeah. it may be again, that's the hard. Yeah, the but hard. also if people are saying that shit to you, just get rid of them. Yeah, move on. Like yeah. if people are saying to you like, oh, you're an idiot for getting yourself in that situation or whatever. Cut them yeah. out of your life. Yeah. You yeah. don't need that kind of stuff in your life. Like this was the decision I make mm-hmm. with the best possible information I have at the time, mm-hmm. basically. Oh, 100%. That, you know, that's how it works. Oh, like, my God, yeah. And, like, we, we constantly are evolving. Yeah. Like I'm not the same person I was a week ago, let alone a year or ten years no, ago. No. Yeah. And if you are, then there's an issue. Yeah. You haven't grown. Yeah. <laughs> as, a, as a human. Yeah. Canada, what was it like? Unreal. Did, did you, like, obviously you've ridden with Brian Farrow this week. Yes. Did you meet Brian over there at all? No. And, okay. Yeah, Cause, no. Because those guys, um, those guys did a couple of years over there as well, mountain biking and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, so we were talking about that the other night. Yeah. Um, they, were, went, they went to Whistler, Where which is, go? like, heaven. I went to Whistler and I got straight out because I was like, I'll never leave. Cause really? Because it's, it's the best. Yeah. Um, and I was like, this is a big country. I need to explore more. So um, I went straight to the border of Alberta and Saskatchewan and yeah. went to a cattle ranch and I spent a little while out there. Beautiful family. How long did it, how long did it take you to um, say Saskatchewan properly? A while. Yeah. <laughs> did I even say it right then? I don't know. I, I think you did pretty well. Yeah. But, um, yeah. W- w- uh, working on a ranch? Yep, cattle, doing yeah. calving season. Which Had you done that before? Um, I went to an agricultural high school. Okay. So I have a love for that. Yeah. Um, but no, not calving. I, I grew up very quick in those couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um saw a lot of things but great it was just really really cold very isolated and I wasn't going to meet people so um I ended up leaving there um and then went and worked at Gasoline Alley in Kelowna that's insane Mm. yeah and that was just from driving through town and popping in and having a like just having a look around I was like I like Harleys and they're like oh what's your story told them just flew over here one way don't know what my plan is and they're like oh here's our business card if you want a job 
So I did. And I spent the whole summer in Kelowna yep. riding Harleys. Well, because I had no money as well. I went to Canada yep. with nothing. And um, the benefit of that is that I got to take different bikes home every night mm. and test ride them. And I got a real feel for the whole like um, range of bikes. Yep. And then from that, I formed really beautiful relationships and friendships with people. And then that led to bike trips and future jobs. And I that's my second home. I call it my stepmotherland. Yep. I miss it a lot. Really? Yeah. What, what were some of the good bike trips? Yeah, um, we did one where there was no Harleys available, so I had to borrow, well, hire a GSXF 750. Yep. Everyone else is on road glides with heated seats and grips and the whole lot, and I'm on this little... <laughs> um, we went from where we were, we're just north of the border. Yep. We went down into um, Washington, yep. Idaho, across like Coeur d'Alene. Is that right? something like that, and then up through the border, through the mountains, into Nelson and back. So that was cool, but the whole trip rained, wow. the whole trip. And um, and then when we got over the border, we got stuck in a mountain pass in a blizzard. So I, I was one of the first ones up the top of the mountain because I was on this tiny little zippy thing. Yep. And I'm at the top filming, laughing. I'm like, oh, my God, it's snowing. Everyone's like, what are you doing? Keep going. I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean? And they're like, we need to keep going, like, whatever you do, don't touch your brakes, isn't that? And so I thought it was a hell of a joke. And then all of a sudden it blacks out. Cars are sliding all down the mountain. And um, we all survived, but it was a, intense. But that was a pretty cool trip. One of those things of like no good story comes out of riding the best bike in the perfect conditions. Yeah, absolutely. So the whole time I'm riding, I'm just remembering this is going to be a great story. But, yeah, did that and um, some beautiful big um, roads all through British Columbia. We, we used to do like big um, all day rides. Yep. It's just different over there because you can ride all day and never pass the same roads and go all through different mountains and stuff like that. So shout out to my homies over there because I miss them so much and just a great, great group, really wholesome yep. people, very accepting. Will you get back over there? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One day. What was it like working in the store there? Yeah, it was, it was good. It was just a really beautiful way to meet people. Yep. Um, I had to change my accent a bit. You did? Yeah. Like I, I didn't, it was subconscious, but it's funny. I'll talk to the, my friends now and they're like, oh, man, you sound so Australian. I was like, what do you mean? Mm. But um, yeah, I'd be saying things and people would be like, I don't know what you're saying. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm saying the same thing as you. It's English. Yeah. yeah. But um, in Australia, we, um, everything that ends in ER, mm. we say, ah, like winter, thicker. Mm. So I'd be like talking about a winter coat and they're like, sorry, what? And I'm like, oh, winter. Like, because ah. they actually pronounce E-R. Yep. Um, but no, it was good. It was just, it was more the connections and people. It was a wild summer. I don't know how any of us survived really, but it was As good. in like a party summer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yep. And good place to party? The, the crew we had that summer was unreal. And yeah, I'm still friends with Brad who runs the store over there. And yeah, I think that summer was just a unique, great crew. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah, and just getting to ride bikes. I was so lucky. Why'd you come home? Money. Nah. Um, <laughs> Partially. <laughs> yeah, I came back with 30 bucks in my account. Well done. My sister was getting married, so okay. I came home for that. So is that sister, older sister? Or I'm the eldest, so Sorry, the, the third, third one down, Jasmine. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so you come home, Yeah. find a job straight away? Yeah, I just went straight back to Hanson. No, fine. All oh, good. they kept me on their books, so I kept as um, a permanent casual, so whenever I come home, I 
had a job. That's unreal. Yeah, and then and then I was like thinking, well, in Canada, although I loved it, it's a hard lifestyle. Um, the money you don't earn, the minimum wage is a lot lower. So I was like, I'll come back to Australia, earn some good or decent money, yep. and then I'll just go back every year. And then uh, a pesky thing called the pandemic hit, and here I am. Ah, uh, so you had plans just to do that, you know? Yeah, I just wanted forth. to live like a, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so unrealistic, but like the the idea of like nine months in Australia, three in Canada, yep, but hasn't happened yet. The the, the part about it, it, it's not unrealistic, hey. At some point, no. It look it, now it is, but it was, but everyone has a choice of how they want to live their life and what yep. they want it to look like. Um, and people get too trapped. It's very easy to ha- do, but we all get trapped in a certain type of lifestyle that we think we have to live. Yeah. Um, and that's why I don't want to fall victim to having the lifestyle creep of like having to have this beautiful house and then all these things and then having to work to just pay to keep that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to go in a div- bit of a different direction, but I have the freedom to do that because I'm by myself. Mm. Mm. Explain that. Explain that to me, that lifestyle. Like the, the lifestyle creep. Yeah. Do you mean? Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of people feel pressure I think everyone sees success differently. Um, And so a lot of people hold a lot of, they're very proud to have this house and Mm. this thing um, or this family and this kid and, oh, because I've got this, I'm more successful than you. Yep. It's like a massive thing I'm dealing with at the moment. Yep. And I'm so happy for people who are going through that. And if that makes you, if that sparks joy, I'm so happy for you. It's just not me Mm. at the moment. It's an interesting one with, and you do see it and have the conversations about it with different people as well. Mm. I get it. And a couple of people, we were on mountain biking Monday. Yeah. We're like, oh, good for some. I got a couple of minutes. I'm like, what? What do you mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I worked for the weekend. I worked yeah. that night. Just because I want to so take a quick choice. to judge. Yeah. I hate that. Just because I want to take a choice to ride on a Monday or whatever doesn't mean that it's good for some. Yeah. And Everyone has the opportunity to do it. To do it, yeah. It's like... <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting one. But um, yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a massive supporter of people being successful, people achieving things and living life how they want to. Chase if, it. If you're genuine about how you're living your life yep. and it genuinely brings you joy, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. But don't shit on other people mm. because they're doing something that you wish you were. That's what it comes down to. Like uh, the tall poppy syndrome drives me bonkers. Do you see that more in Australia than when you were over in Canada? Um, or is it just I think everywhere. I think people are just sour. Yep. People just, you know, they're getting these, like I'm all for relationships if you're happy, but people get caught in these relationships and this and that that they're not happy in and they like think that that's all and then they start ragging on other people for living a certain lifestyle. It's like you, we all have the opportunity to be happy. Yep. Just be genuine and authentic in yourself. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And just tick your own box. You know, if you're happy with that, don't worry about what anyone else is yeah, doing. Yeah, just yeah. stick your own box and if you're not happy, just be not happy. And surround yourself yeah. with people that, you know, support you. What was your Supercross trip that you did over in the States? I've done a couple. Yeah. Tell me about them. Um, the first one I went down to the Monster Energy Cup. Mm. Um, and that was unreal. That was the year that Marvin Muskin won the meal. So yep. that was unreal. Um, and I was, again, just like right place, right time. Um, and uh, got into a corporate box with some really cool people who um, raced the, uh, actually quads. 
in the nationals and stuff like that. It was, it was just so random. So how, how, how does that happen? Um, I have a friend, um, yeah, it's just... Just life. <laughs> just meeting one person who introduces you to another and yep. you're just in the right place at the right time and I'm always who I am. I'm just myself yep. and you either like it or you don't. And then if you f- meet people you vibe with, it just opens up other opportunities. Um, and the second time I went, I flew over and flew into Detroit and we hopped in a car and drove straight from Detroit all the way across America down to Mon- uh, might have been another Monster Energy Cup. Down to Vegas. Yeah, yeah, through Colorado and then up through Arizona straight over to um, LA and then down and I flew out. So I think it was 10 days. Yeah, nice nine, road trip. nine states, eight days or, or something crazy like that. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I do love Supercross. I follow it pretty closely now. Yeah, I, I can't believe, like we're talking before the show. Mm. So you watch motocross every every weekend. Supercross, yeah. Or even the moto recently? It's no, I haven't been so out of, no, I, life hard. got a bit busy. But yeah. um, Supercross was perfect because when I was um, West Coast, I could go riding in the morning, <laughs> yep. clean up. Sit down with a beer. Relax. And watch every, I felt like such a loser but by myself every yeah. Sunday. East Coast was a little bit harder. But mm. yeah, I followed it really closely this year. It was really great. Who's your favourite rider? Jet Lawrence at the moment. Oh, oh, look, there's a few, but I'd say Jet at the moment is standing out to me. Who's the other? Um, I love like um, Dean Wilson. Um, I don't know, anyone that's, I think, genuine about themselves and they're just they're who they are. But I like Jet because he's just—you can just tell—he's not trying to be something that he that people think he wants. They want him to be. Yeah. That, he, does it make sense? Yeah. He's just vibrant. He's a vibrant character. Like, it's good for the sport. It's unreal. I, I don't like it when you see people trying to be what their sponsors want them to be, or yeah. uh, and you're like, Where, "Where's your personality at?" Like, yeah, you might be able to ride a bike sick, but like, who are you? What do you think of Eli? Um, oh, I don't have an opinion. I lo- like. Eli Tomac is my favourite rider. Oh, really? I love Eli Tomac. But I don't know, I just, he's he's very straight, straighty 180, right? Okay. But I just like, he's like, he's conviction. Mm-hmm. If he says, like, you know what I mean? Like, he's just very to the point. Mm-hmm. There's just no BS with him. He's pretty, I don't know, I've just, I've always liked Eli Tomac. And mm. as a rider, I just, when he's on fire, I love watching Eli Tomac yeah, as well. Yeah, true. Um, when he's on the Cowie, I even liked him more. Okay. Because I love Kawasaki's. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I uh, we see Jet and Hunter coming through now. Yeah. Um, as an Australian, it's unreal. It's very interesting watching them race side by side as well. Their technique is so close. Yeah. Um, you can, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Um, the genetics, eh? Yeah. Like it's like genetic But their technique. personalities are so different. It's just, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. So. It's like me and my sisters. Really? It's, yeah. It's funny. That's weird. It's, it's strange. Do you reckon, do you reckon, is Jet Stefan 450, do you know? I heard something about that. Yeah. yeah. It's easy to ride well. Oh, it's so good to watch. Yeah. I love, I love watching outdoors more. Okay. I don't know why. I just feel like, especially in person, Supercross looks better on, uh, for my experience, I enjoy watching Supercross on the TV more. Yeah. Because when you're there, it's just like, you, know, you kind of lose track of who's where. For sure. Whereas the TV will pinpoint, uh, point you in the right direction of who you should be watching. I, I heard a commentator say it once about rugby league, mm-hmm. and this is the same with uh, Supercross. Mm-hmm. It's it's something that's really built for TV. Yeah. Like it's built in a stadium in a rectangle. Yeah. Or basically like a TV. Yeah. Good in person, but the TV is the best place to view that, mm. you know, apart from the atmosphere. 
but uh, motocross and the out, going to an outdoor. Yeah, totally different. I'd story. love to go to Donations, and I'd love to go watch it in Europe. Yeah, like I just think the the fans just get behind it so much. I just think it would be such a vibe. Redbud's on in six weeks' time. Oh. That would be pretty tempting. I should probably renew my passport. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know we were talking about it the other day, and I was like, oh, because our donations team is a healthy team. Yeah, fire. So we should be all right. Yeah, it'll be good. <clears throat> now, are you doing any racing nowadays? No. You, I might. What, what took you away from that, apart from obviously money's a thing? But yeah. Um, do you like the competitive side? Oh, yeah, I'm very you competitive, are? yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can't help it. I yeah. get really excited. I'll be like, oh, I'll just go out for a cruise. And then you see something like, oh, I wonder if I'm faster than them and yep. stuff like that. But I don't know if I do motocross again. I think the risk to reward is not really there for me. Um, I probably do enduros just because of the properties that are opened up to you through yeah. the off-roads. But um, I'm just loving just having a good time, just coming to fun events. Yep. It's more so the people I meet. But, yeah, I, I yeah maybe I race. I probably, yeah, we'll see. So you just bought a Husky this year? I did. Love it? Love it. Yeah, I got the 350. Why did you get the 350? Um, uh, did you ride the 250 and the four? No. Nah, no, nah, just nah. want the 350? Um, so Gemma Wilson's a good friend of mine. Yep. And a few years ago I came up for Day in the Dirt, mm-hmm. um, rode her bikes, and that's when I was like, oh, I really like the 350. I'm pretty sure I rode a 350 then. Um, and the 152 straight, that was a really fun bike. It's a cool bike. Real little, like easy to throw around. Yep. Um, but all my mates ride KDM 350s um, or 450s. Yep. I thought 250s are more um, for juniors. Mm-hmm. And I want something that's like, I'm go- I might have to change the gearing on my 350 anyway. It tops out a little bit too much on the roads. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just thought better resale value as well. Yeah, pretty popular. Yeah. Definitely pretty popular. Yeah. I did the um, I did the Husky Media launch last year for the twenty twenty twos. Yeah. And um, got to ride the two fifty, three fifty, four fifty, five oh one Enduros. Oh, okay. So I got a good chance to yeah. be on everything. Um, that two fifty if it wasn't so heavy, yeah. this is awesome. Gee, the two fifty was awesome. Really? Yeah, I okay. Loved it. And I, I at the time I owned the FE four fifty. Yeah. And I'm like, this is such a cool bike. So it's just do you mean it's do you say it's heavy? No, it's just light. Oh, the light. So yeah, yeah, yeah. light yeah, yeah, yeah. and the power was good, yeah. but I'm a bit heavy for the 250. Oh, okay. I so, thought you meant the 250 is heavy. I'm like, nah, mm. no, nah, I'm a bit like... Could you change the springs though? Oh, you can change Stiffen the springs and that, but to, like if you're going to do like big, like I do, I have an adventure tour business. Ah, oh, fun. A lot of it's bigger, like bigger sort of fire trail case. Yeah. You just top out. Well, that's big, what I big. found yesterday when I went riding with Gemma. Yep. Um... You just feel like you're ringing it a bit too yeah, much yep. um, through the forest or like on the roads. And I was like, oh, I love an extra gear. You keep going to find the next You need gear. a seventh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I think I need to change the teeth on this sprocket. Yeah, and that'll help. Like that's – and that, those 350s, they're just like the perfect, the well, perfect size. Well, I took it to QMP on what, Saturday? Was it? Yeah, Saturday yeah, for Saturday. Du- Dust Hustle. Yep. Perfect to throw around a motocross track. Yep. And it actually jumped all right. Like, yep. don't look at photos. I probably look terrible, but it, it felt safe in the air. Um, and then you can go and do the trails or beach riding like yesterday. It's just so versatile. Um, yeah, I just I wanted something that could do motocross and enduro. Yep. Um, yeah, and cover that. Would you race Fink? Oh, you need to have a big support team yes. and network. Yep. Um, I'd probably want to go pre-run it a few times. And I think I'm too competitive and I'd suck. So I'd probably start trying to ride outside of my... 
abilities. I would rather just go and support my friends. Yeah. Um, but I really want to go up and pre-run it. Mm. So you yeah. would like to ride it at least? Oh, hell yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Plan is to go back next year? Hopefully. So who were you with this year? Billy Geddes yep. is one. Yeah. How did, how did you end up with his truck? Like, because he's up from up north Queensland. Yeah, he's from Rockhampton. Rockhampton, yeah. Yep. Did he drive to Adelaide or something? How'd that No, happen? no. So um, we met at Fink in 2016. Yep. Um, and we just kept it, kept in contact, kept friends, and he knows about my driving with trucks. And yep. he drove it from Rocky to Alice Springs. I drove my car up to Alice Springs, and we met up there ah. and spent a week um, getting everything ready. Yep. And then I drove... Um, that with a few of my the other guys yep. um, in convoy down to the Fink end at Arachula. Um, and, yeah, set up. And it was fantastic. So much fun. Ah, oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Because I was wor- I was wondering about that because I'm like, I know Billy's from Rocky. Yeah. Like, how did you drive the truck? No. Did you get to there, but it's already there, then you yeah. drive it out the Fink. So he bought it over as a road train. Um, and so that's why he wanted me because I got my road train license. Yep. But then we dropped one of the trailers and just took a single down. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, we just set this really great, like, great group of people. Like, yeah, just big little satellite city. Kind of, yeah. like, you know, down there. We just, it was just such a good, I just love being around those people. They just make me really happy and I just feel comfortable. How was it camping at Fink on Sunday night? Oh, easy. Love good it. Good night? Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, I probably went to bed really early because I was just snacking. I can imagine it'd be a big day because it, like, yeah. To, and, but also, like, you're stressed about, like, are your friends yeah. going to make it down there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot more than the physical side of it on the sideline. Yeah. The mental side of your friends. Yeah. Worrying about what's in the truck. We yeah. got this thing. Like, there's a lot to it, hey? Yeah, so we drive down um, the night before the race starts. Yep. So we're already down there. So that night was really calm. We're all just sitting around, like, once we're, once we're set up, it was all, like, just calm. And then um, the next day we're looking at our clocks and we're like, okay, so-and-so has left. Yep. And then we're like, okay, wait. And then we're like, okay, should be coming down now. Like, and we're all like, didn't know who was going to come over the line and stuff like that. So it's just like, yeah. So a few of the guys got through, which was great, great results. And then Billy didn't. Yep. And we're like, Billy should be here. Where is he? And like, there's no phone reception, no intel of where mm. he could be. And unfortunately, Billy lost a tyre about 30, or what, a wheel, about 30 k's out. So the boys, like, in our team, they had to rush out and try and get it back. And then the track got closed because the bikes had started. So then they got caught out there. Yeah. So we, I felt so helpless. There's nothing I can do. Yep. But everyone, I think, has a job. So if you just stick in your lane. So my job was solely get the semi down, get the semi, semi back. Yep. And there's nothing else I could really do. Right. So I felt really helpless. But, yep. um, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's good. I, I recommend Fink to anyone. Right. Yeah. Have you have you been to the Don River? No, and I really want to go. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, are you are you going to try or? Like, yeah, I'll have a look. It's just hard with my shift work. For sure. Yeah. Because yeah. like September ten, um, it's coming up pretty quick. Yeah, like, I'd have to fly up the morning of, and fly back Monday. Seriously. Yeah. So you'd have to fly into uh, Proserpine. Yeah, but there's no direct flights from Adelaide. See Brisbane. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's turning pretty logistical. Uh, yeah. I, look, I might try next year. Yep. I just need to, after this trip, go back, knuckle down for a bit. Yep. Um, yeah, help the team out at work. I don't want to just up and leave them again. Nah. No. Yeah, but no, Don River sounds like an absolute vibe because uh, Fink is a logistical nightmare um, and everyone's split up where it sounds like Don River, everyone's together. Yeah, it's and bo- you can, base camp. Yeah, and everyone's going. Like all the partners and stuff where um, Fink it's kind of like families all can't go. It's just too much. Yep. Whereas Don River, it sounds like everyone's there and... 
yeah. especially after this week, I'm like, oh no, like. And then you're like the the thing I like about it. So we went last year. Yeah. Awesome event. There's a base camp. Everyone's there. Mm-hmm. Heaps of spectator points. Yeah. Five, five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes mm-hmm. from from base camp. Yeah. So you could get heaps of different vantage points. Then they come back the other way right in front of you. Yeah. So you get to see that. Or if you're filming like me, you can work in different points. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're at the Wit Sundays. I know. How so good. Like, Sunday afternoon comes around, race is done. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to gradually cruise my way back home. As such, like it's Alice Springs as a haul <laughs> like, to, to get there and back, which I understand it's iconic and everything. But yeah. to be at the base, like at the Whit Sundays, pretty good spot to have a race. Yeah, I um, I'm, yeah. It yep. sounds fantastic and I, 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 I'm excited that people are starting to talk about it more because yep. in the past I never even knew about it. Before this think this year I didn't know about Don River. Wow. So now that people are talking about it more, maybe that can become a bit bigger. I think it will. I think there's a lot of um, off-road events that just aren't talked about that people should probably... Just need props up. Yeah. I wouldn't mind trying to race Don River. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ben was saying to me yesterday... You should race the Don River to me. Mm. I'm like, no, I shouldn't. <laughs> I'll film the Don River. See, that's the thing. I'm saying that I might, I'd like to race it, but I should probably, if I want to, just go and race it the first time because you know how you can psych yourself out. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'll just go suss it. And then you're like. Yeah. But Billy says it's really harsh in your equipment, so maybe I'll just use that as an excuse not to do it. Yeah, it's too hard on the equipment. Yeah. No. Oh, nah, Why'd you buy a fat ball? Oh, um, okay. So. I was race, like riding all the different bikes in um, at, in, at in gasoline. Canada. Yeah. Yep. And that's when they release all the 2018 models and mm-hmm. they release this new Fat Bob. It was a completely different look, yep. um, different specs, so shorter, higher, better weight ratio. Um, I was one of the first people to ride it when it landed. So we're one of the first stores to get it. And it was just a game changer. It handled so well. Just, I could throw it around a lot better. Um, it just suited me to a T. Uh, so when I decided to move back to Australia, I was like, if I'm going to buy a bike, or if I'm moving back to Australia, I'll going to buy a fat bob. So I did that within the first three weeks of moving back. Damn, straight into it. Yeah, I was like, oh, all right. How many Ks you got on it now? Uh, nearly 14,000. Yep, love it. Yeah, yeah, it's Ex- good. Explain your week to me. So what, what gave you the idea of doing this week? Oh, this week? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to come see my friends. <laughs> so you've got a RAV4? I do have a RAV4. RAV4? Yeah. Trailer? Yeah. Which we found in my neighbour's paddock a week the before. The trailer? Yeah, before I came up, yeah. Ah, oh, so because there was a time that you were thinking about not bringing Bob, Fat Bob. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, so trailer, bikes. Yep. yep. So mountain bike. Yep. Dirt bike. Yep. Harley. Yeah. Is that the best week ever? Yeah. Yep. How could it be bad? <laughs> so, yeah, how, how did it come about? Did you just hit a few people up and say you want to go riding or did yeah, you just... Yeah, I just... Um, I just knew that I'd, I'd come regardless and I'd just figure it out. Yep. Um, I just thought if I rock up, if people can ride, if people can hang out, cool. If not, I'll just ride by myself. Yep. So I drove up over my weekend. So I finished work on the Friday, hopped straight in my car, drove just a couple of hours up the road and then Saturday, Sunday, flat out here. Yep. Parked my car at a friend's house and my trailer and then flew straight back to work, worked the week and then flew straight back up for my week here. Um, and when I landed, everyone was busy, so I just pulled the bob out and went riding tambourine. Yeah. I, I just said, hey, boys, like, where can I go? And they're like, oh, if you follow this and left and left, you'll you get you up the mountains. So I did, and then, yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly what I thought. Like, I'm, I have to be independent. I have to be, you know, I don't want to have to rely on anyone. Yep. So I thought, well, I bring my own bikes. I'm not relying on anyone. If people are around, then, yeah. So it's just worked out really well and just 
told people I'm coming and people have just, if they're available, it's, yeah, it, it's been fantastic. How'd you enjoy my, uh, mountain biking? <laughs> <laughs> On Monday. It was great. It's a good day. Mm. Yeah, what? no, no. It was, it was really fun. I'm just like my calf muscles are a bit sore still. Yeah, you poor thing. So we went out Monday mountain biking, three e-bikes, one non-motorised bike, yep. which was you. Yeah, shout out the Norco. Yeah, shout out the Norco. And uh, yeah, got some good advice to don't worry about bringing water because yeah. uh, we're on e-bikes. And uh, <laughs> Now yeah. you won't need water, you'll be right. You'll be fine. Yep. But uh, it was a good day though, hey? Yeah. 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 Just good group of people. Yep. Yeah. I love, I only got into mountain biking when the pandemic hit. Oh, really? So you didn't do any of that over Never. Again? Yeah, okay. Yeah. How's that? Yeah. Didn't even hit him. I couldn't afford it over in yeah. Canada. But yeah, I just bought a $400 bike from a neighbor yeah. and just started riding and love it. Yeah. So you've really fallen into that now, hey? Yeah. It's just, I think it goes hand in hand with moto. Yeah. Yeah. So if you ha don't have a moto crew to ride with, you can go mountain biking for free. And we've got some great trails um, and tracks down in Adelaide. Like close to where you are? Yeah. Fox Creek bike park's right near my house. Yeah, right. Um, and just do, I love shuttles. So that's the thing. I'm used to riding downhill only. Mm. Yeah, not cross country. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no shuttle. It's, you know, it's not summer yet, but Monday was pretty hot. She was warm. Yeah, it was yeah, a warm day. Sweating. Especially no water. <clears throat> day in the dirt three years ago. Yeah. When you're up with Gemma. Yeah. Good time. <laughs> yeah. Was that the first day in the dirt or the second? You know? The second. Okay, so yeah. a bit quieter than the so, first. So, yeah, that's what I hear, but yeah. I felt like the second was pretty wild. It was for me. It still was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah, got pretty pretty drunk back then. Were you living up here or no. you, you were down home? Yep. Yeah. Just flew up with a gear bag. Really? Yeah. And rode Gemma's bikes? Yeah. And um, my mate Stuart Willits lent me, oh, I can't remember, what, like an old school um, two stroke, one, two, five, I think. Yeah. It yep. was killer, like a sick bike. And that's when I rode that on the Dust Hustle. Dust Hustle had a little track there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I rode Gemma's bikes out on the main tracks. And then Dust Hustle, I rode the old one, two, five and had a blast. And then that's when I got into the Dust Hustle thing. And that's why I fly back up. Normally I just fly out for dust hustle and yep. borrow bikes. That um, that little track they had at Day in the Dirt, yes. the second one, the dust hustle one. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, down the bottom. On yeah, yeah down, sick. It, was, it was just a fun little track, yeah. you know, big hook turn at the end. And yeah. That's good fun. I remember I was riding um, like Emma uh -huh. McFerrin was riding yep. Harley on that and I've got photos of like hers. She's jumping right behind me and like just two completely different bikes and yeah. I was like, hey, like – this is what I, this is why I ride bikes. Like this is the kind of vibe I want, and this is the kind of lifestyle that I'm chasing now. Yep. It's like I don't want ego. I don't want. To, I don't care how many championships you've won or this and that. We all love bikes for the same reason. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's yeah. what Dust Hustle kind of brings everyone together on an even playing field. I was going to ask you about that. What do you, what's your what's your thoughts on Dust Hustle? Like, mm. and that's basically the most of it. There's zero ego, hey? Just see it. Yeah, no one cares. Um, yeah. I, I go there and I don't know who anyone is. Yep. You're just another person on the track with me. And I feel like that's kind of what's good about it. Mm. Brings everyone everyone back to why we started riding in the first place. So I love that everyone's wearing costumes and just trying to take the piss really. Where do you – so CJ – is CJ your nickname anyway? Like Yes. Or, it is? Yeah, most people know me as CJ. Ah, yeah. so <laughs> you dressed up as CJ from Baywatch obviously for this dust hustle. <laughs> yes, I did. Where did the idea come from? Oh, because people always like – paid, oh, you know, CJ Parker. Yep. Yeah. So it literally came from that? Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, let's play this up a little bit. I got a blonde wig and the bathers and the whole lot. Good time. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I was pretty embarrassed. I nearly didn't do it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's one of those things. Very, very interesting, uh, interesting event. Yes. This year was uh, dustiest one. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> I've been to. Yeah. But there was mud. Which yeah, was weird. That, that co- I loved the grass track. Grass track was sick. It was so much fun because um, the, gra- the ground was quite loamy. Yeah, it and was And you great. could just throw yourself into the corners and just knew it was going to grip up and take you out. Yep. Whereas um, the, the natural terrain track, you couldn't really give it any because it just would slide out. Yep. I'm a rut. I love ruts. Okay. I love like being able to throw yourself into them. So yep. when they started banking up on that grass track, I was like, oh, here we go. We're on. But in that right-hand corner... Like through, like through that section, left, right, in the middle? Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Or even just, um, you know, when you come down the back and it was like a, there was a tree yep. and you had to really hook it before just smacking. I love that. That's good. Like yeah. I love tight techie stuff. I'm not a very fast rider because um, I'm aware of like risk versus reward. Yep. I'm like, oh, the faster you go, you're really going to mess up. So I love like tight techie stuff. And that's they had that, that back section through there. Yeah. It was... Uh, the first session in the morning, so I was on risky road bikes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. First session in the morning, risky road bikes down there. That mud was just <laughs> so soft. I don't think anyone got through. Like, oh, it was no, like, really? It was a car park. No, oh, joke. I didn't even see it. Um, and you would have been struggling on that because you were panning? Not at the start. I rode the tracker. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I got into it. The tyres just went, yeah. and not filled like, up. Oh, no. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and, um, you know, Crystal from here got bogged in there. Um, I, Semi, got bogged in there. Two Pan Ams got tipped on their side down there. Jar- Man, Jared I was at the Emma. wrong spot. I was. It was the, good. Yeah. It was exciting. And it was like, it wasn't even like crashes. Mm-hmm. It was stationary. Like you go to put your foot down and it's just it's so slippery. And then did the bikes get really heavy? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So. Well, thanks for paving the way for me so I could just come in and have a mint. good time. Yeah. But once we got through that session, the track was real. It was good down there. Yeah. It was awesome. And uh, yeah, good dust hustle. A very good dust hustle. Yeah. I I wish um, the the Harley would come, the Harleys, the boys on the Harleys, that, that was always a good time as well when they came there, but there was none this year. Yeah. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? The, the, like um, the flat trackers or whatever. Brian and. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got his for sale or. Yeah, it's there's sold a raffle, raffle. If, anyone, if anyone wants one, definitely buy some tickets. Shout out. Shout out, yeah. So, I, I seen it the other day when I went up to Rick's garage. It's tidy, hey? Oh, my God. He's put a lot of effort into that bike. It's beautiful. Yeah. So, like, Brian, you know, Brian is getting rid of his tracker, obviously, yep. the raffle. Um, at one point, there was 23 when we started doing it uh, two years ago for the yeah. uh, V-Twin Hooligans. Yeah. There's 23 bikes built, I think. Oh, so many people put so much effort into it. It was a really Now like, they're not time. around. It's I know. Like, it's weird. Yeah. Apparently, it's the same in America. Really? Yeah, it's yeah. really slowing down over there as well. But you know, ebbs and flows, it'll come back. It'll come back yeah. for sure. The bikes are still around. The wheel sets are around. Yeah. Um, it's just uh, the thing I look at is you just need to host events to get people. Yeah. If you don't uh, have an was event. It build it and they will grow. No, not. Build it, they will come. Yeah, something like that. Wayne's World, I think. Yeah. Right. I think it was, I think it was uh, yeah, book them, they will come or something. Or <laughs> yeah. build it, they will come. But, but that's exactly true. Like you just need to have consistent events. It's Yeah, but it's like dust hustle as well, right? Yeah. Like, um, no one's really thought of this kind of style before. No way. I wish we had this down home. Can you do it down home? Mm, maybe. I don't know. You'd need the right people to do it. Yeah. But I'm not really part of the bike community down at home at the moment. I think the thing with Dust Hustle, what makes Dust Hustle good is the people. 100%. Like you look at Leo, uh, Huon, Steve, yeah. like the people behind Ella Speed. Yeah. The people that have that mm-hmm. and the crew that they've built around them, their friends and family and that. Just dead set legends. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I um, stay in contact with them all year. I yep. come up once a year, stay in contact all year and I just always feel so welcomed and accepted. 100%. Mm. And, you know, you could have an event that was identical. Yeah. You could copy the format, risky road bikes, whatever mm-hmm. it may be, but without them, it's very... I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Makes yeah. it hard. Yeah. What else you got planned for the future? Oh, I'm at a bit of a crossroads at the moment with that. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Shut that down. <laughs> yeah, I d- yeah. I don't know. Like um, I set myself goals yep. always and I'm at, in a in a goal setting process now of like what's next because I've kind of reached everything I've set for myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, just work hard. Um, I want to get back to Canada. Wouldn't mind traveling a little bit more. But yeah, just reassessing at the moment. Open to suggestions. <laughs> How was your day yesterday? Oh my gosh, Gemma and I had the best time. So you went out with Gemma Wilson. I did. Who's been on this. Yeah. Um, where did you just go? Rainbow so, Beach. Uh, yeah, I met up with her. She lives just out of Gympie. Yep. Um, so I drove out there yesterday morning and then we rode from her house out to Rainbow. Yep. I did a few trails, um, came to a creek that we tried to cross and drowned a bike. So the photo of you in the creek. Yes. Is it that one? Yes. <laughs> That looked pretty deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like a tea tree creek or something. Oh, my God, yeah. I've never experienced a tea tree stained creek. So it was, eh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it was yeah. like bright red. Yep. It was incredible. Ah. Mm. So what happened? So we, Gemma walked through it. She's like like measuring up. Yeah, no, nah, she'll be right. So she went first with her two-stroke, yep. went through, and it just bogged down. And I'm filming it like, oh, this is great. And then the next thing, the footage, you just see the camera get thrown and run after. And we got it out um, and we managed to – not much water got really in. Yep. So we just kind of like made some phone calls and just let it dry out and then she came good and we weren't going to risk putting my bike through. Yep. So then we had to split up. I had no idea where I was. But as I said to Gemma at the time, I was like, it'll all work out. It's fine. Like no, yep. no bad times. We'll figure this. And so then we like took two different trails and met up. And then we rode Rainbow Beach, which was so beautiful. Yep. And I didn't have a GoPro. My phone was flat. This is a story of my trip. I have got barely any photos or videos of this whole time. Yep. But it's just one of those in the moments, which is probably better. Um, and then, yeah, just riding through pine forests, riding through, like, natural bush. It was, yeah, amazing. She is just one of the best people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I... Couldn't attest more to that. And mm-hmm. just obviously knows her way around there really, really well. It's interesting because she's like, I've lived here like my whole life and I've probably ridden these trails twice. That's weird, eh? But it's a story. Like she's ev- still got it down every pretty pat. Ne- everyone needs to remember to explore their own backyard. Yeah. No matter where you live, there's going to be beauty around. And we sometimes just get so caught up in our everyday that we forget that. Yep. So yes, I was a perfect example of us just getting out and exploring around her home. But that's beautiful, beautiful country up there. Do you know if you did that King's Ball loop? Does that ring a bell? Yes. It looked like it in yep. one of the videos. Yeah, that sounds familiar. So we got we went out there um, two years ago and I thought, oh, yep, yeah, this would be good. There used to be a trail that used to be able to get back down onto the beach. Might be back now. Mm. Yep. And got there. Is that the real steep one? Yeah, and it was just the erosion just chopped it completely away yeah. the last time I was up there. Yeah. So like, ah, oh, we're going to need more fuel. So Because mm-hmm. you can get really caught out up there. Yep. And, um, yep. <laughs> did you get caught out of it? We, <laughs> so, yeah. So w- when we started riding Rainbow Beach towards, yep. I'm pretty sure that's where we it went to. Yep. We stopped to take a photo of the bikes and thank God we did because at the moment when we're taking the photos, we realised we were nearly empty on fuel. Yep. So we quickly turned around, went back into Rainbow, filled up yep. and we still managed to run out of fuel. You did? Yeah. On the two-stroke? Or on, the two stroke. on the two-stroke. So yep. we were about 500 metres away from Gemma's house and we had to do the whole, I was riding, she was holding onto the camel pack. Yep. And pulling up. 
Damn. Yeah, they, it's, yeah. They're thirsty. Yeah, yeah. Real yeah. thirsty. But also Gemma's like, yeah, and I'm like, brr. So. 350 is really actually quite efficient, you know. I'm so really surprised, yeah. The group, the the riding group I've got with the adventures and that, we got a 330k Saturday coming up two weeks' time. Up that way. Like, maybe it can go. <laughs> so it's it's going to be a fuel burner, I can tell. And so is it up there, did you say? Partially up there. Cool. Yeah, that'd so, be sick. Mm. So does everyone bring their own bikes? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So everyone's on their own bikes. We're going to have to talk about this after. I'm so, going to have to try and come up for one. Yeah, it'll be good. It's really good. So yeah. it's, it's this one's like a monster day, basically, because okay. Father's Day Sunday, a lot of the... Of the crew want to get home and oh, everything. Okay. So 330k on a day, it's going to break some, I reckon. I reckon that might be around how much we did yesterday. It's a huge day. We were up, I got up there at 7:30 and we got home at dark. Damn. Yeah, but that sounds like a great day. Mm, it'd be good. And is it lots of sand? Yeah, lots of sand. Yeah, mostly fun. sand. Mostly sand. A few, a few of those sort of lined tracks. Like yeah. King's Ball's got a little bit of tree lining up the end. Yep. Um, I think. Yeah, it's like real tight with the trail. With the tree stuff coming through and that. Oh, yeah, so yeah. They, they caught me uh, a few times. The trees? Like the, the stumps, stumps yeah. like the roots. Yeah. You're like just flying and... Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's not fun. <laughs> no, like, holy... Bo- and like going up, um, there was a fire track. I don't know how you describe the terrain, but real yep. steep. Same thing, you're just trying to go as fast as you can. Yep. Hit a root and then you realise it just drops off to your side. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yep. But it's dirt it's biking. Part of the part of the hobby, isn't it? Like, yeah, you don't want to ride a perfect flat track. That's boring. You want a few little obstacles. That's right. You want to go and te- test yourself a bit. You don't want to be out of depth, but you want to test yourself a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, so. for sure. So when do you go home? <sighs> Saturday. Saturday. Mm-hmm. Any plans for the rest of the, the rest of the time up here? Just chill uh, out? Just chill today, hopefully. Yep. Hopefully we'll go do something tonight. And then tomorrow my mum flies into town. Yep. Because I was realistic that I'm going to be absolutely cooked by the end of this week yep. and the drive home will be tough. So... She's flying up and then, yeah, first thing Saturday morning we'll dri- start the drive home yep. and just tour up the whole way back. Awesome. So I'm very, very grateful for mum doing that. Um, I've got a very supportive family. That, it seems it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they might not agree with everything I do, but they support it. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't really – might go for a Harley ride this afternoon. Yep. Actually, maybe take the dirt bike. I don't know. <laughs> just <laughs> just see, see who's around, what's going on. Awesome. Yeah, but I've pretty much achieved – I've achieved everything that I set out for this trip. No, nah, it's it's yeah. so cool, and you, you share my my podcast a lot. I do, which I truly appreciate as well. Yeah. You obviously listen to it in the truck, which is always which is cool. I think that you're a fantastic. Um, you create beautiful conversation. Thank you, and it's really like easy to listen to. And I think you, I'm an exception to this because I'm a nobody, but like listening to some incredible stories of people is really inspiring as well. Well, it was, it was a bit of a different one today. Like when yeah. I approached you to come on, I, I wanted to hear about trucking. I wanted to hear about your time in Canada. And um, people's stories is like the original concept when we started talking mm. about it here was it just needs to be everybody. It, everyone's yeah. got something. And like you said about these events, you chuck a helmet on pretty much. We're all the same people. Oh, 100%. It don't matter who you are. So yeah. genuinely appreciate you coming in and being part oh, of it. thank you. And being a listener and yeah. sharing it. That's a huge thing. So thanks I'm a heaps. big fan of it. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we'll have to try and tee up more rides in yes, the future. Yes, please. That'd be amazing. That's all we have time for on today's show. If you get the chance, head over to YouTube and hit subscribe on the Talk and Chatter page. Also, head over to iTunes and give us a star rating and a review there. It all helps to get the podcast out there. A big thank you goes to everyone that's been doing this already. And uh, we'll be back with another show soon.